Welcome to the presentation of uh, F.L. Smith uh, quarter two first half result. My name is uh, Mikko Keto. I'm a CEO of the F.L. Smith and I'm joined by Roland Anderson, who's a CFO. We actually today very proud presenters of the result because uh, we can show steady, good progress in all our key initiatives and financial performance. Just reminding you of the disclaimers for future-looking statements, uh, what we will do during the presentations. The key takeaway from uh, second quarter is that uh, underlining mining EBITDA margin is 10.5. Full year last year was 9.9, .9, and typically latter part of the year is, is good. Reported margin is uh, 7.8, and we have adjusted the uh, underlying uh, EBITDA with two main items. One being uh, DK integration planning costs, 45 million DKK. Uh, second one is... Uh, cost related to winding down operations in Russia, which is uh, 50 million DKK. And my opinion is that we've been successful winding down Russia with a cost, which of course is unwanted cost, but still limited and, and uh, not excessive. Second good news is that uh, cement continues its profitability journey. 2.1% EBITDA margin for cement is good, and we will continue to increase that one. And for that reason, we will also increase cement EBITDA guidance for the full year to 2 to 3%. This quarter was big for us, also in other, in other aspects. We managed to get all the merger clearances for, for TK. So we are now on our way to complete and finalize the acquisition end of the month. Still going back to the mining order intake. When you look at the mining order intake, significant growth in service order intake. You, of course, need to bear in mind the impact of the U.S. dollar and, and uh, Chilean peso, and it has a positive impact, about 10% for the mining order intake. But still, underlying uh, order intake growth is very significant, and especially pleased about service order intake. And within service order intake, the mix is good. Less labor, more spare parts. Then if we think about again or talk about again about uh, mining EBITDA, as I said, this is one of the best uh, achievements for quite some time for our organization. Underlying EBITDA 10.5, it means that we are, have a steady progress in, in our financial performance. Given also the fact that uh, if you look at the mix of uh, capital versus uh, service this year and last year. Service share was higher last year, so mixes more capital uh, than service in the quarter, and yet we come up with a good result. TK is very significant milestone for us. And we got uh, all the approvals from the authorities, and there's no remedy requirement. So there's no remedy requirement from anybody. So it's all clear. And therefore, we can complete the, the acquisition end of the month. And then Roland will talk about uh, when we are sharing the information with all of you about the headline financials. 
But uh, end of the month, 31st uh, of August, we, we are closing and then myself and Roland can access the clean room data uh, at the midnight where we can burn some midnight oil to, to, to understand the details. We started talking about de-risking the portfolio last time. We are using uh, terminology scope 1 to 5. And, and we have a clear definitions internally for 1 to 5 scope. Uh, 5 being highest risk, either in terms of scope or in terms of the product in question. And uh, we systematically are de-risking the portfolio and pushing more business into scope 1, 2, and 3, where the risk profile is much less and, and profitability higher. And, and we did year-on-year -year comparison for our backlog, and it proves that our backlog quality is much better. When I talk about backlog quality, I talk about both profitability and risk. With a poor quality backlog, you tend to erode uh, the margin while you're executing. So we can see already now that we have a steady progress in improving the quality of the backlog and quality of the earnings. Cement. We are creating more standalone pure play cement as we go forward. We are accelerating journey in cement for higher profitability and more service centricity in the business. We've been able to increase our order intake volume, but at the same time, the order intake quality is better. So we've done the same as for mining. Margin for service order intake and capital is higher margin and low risk. So we do exactly the same for cement business. And we believe that uh, we can deliver 2 to 3% EBITDA for cement for the, for the year. But it's a journey, and we are accelerating the journey uh, in cement. Good result for cement is also supported by the mix for, for the quarter. In relative terms, uh, the service portion is quite high in revenues compared to the capital. And that is, that is, uh, that is uh, uh, supporting the, the profitability. But maybe if you look at the bottom of the page, you can look at last year and this year, and you can see significant jump in the profitability. And our aim is to create sustainable, profitable cement business, which will be run standalone, pure play business owned by, by F.L. Smith. And we know that we can do much more in this area. Then I hand over to Roland. Thank you for that, uh, Miko. <clears throat> so uh, adding up the numbers for Q2 uh, this year, a 23% growth in uh, revenue, 17% organic. Uh, and we ended an EBITDA of 307 million uh, with a 6.1% EBITDA margin. And uh, after tax and interest, uh, profit and loss for the group was 134 million. Uh, sitting in the group's margin is uh, the TK mining acquisition integration cost, as uh, Miko mentioned, of 45 million DKK, and also wind down cost of our Russian activities of 50 million DKK, and adjusting for that our underlying EBITDA uh, consolidated would have been uh, 8%. Looking at the revenue a growth of uh, 17%, on the left-hand side, still uh, a higher capital market share this year than uh, last year. But if you look on the right-hand side, uh, our revenue, first of all, is, is still growing. But two important things to note is that our order intake uh, remain higher than our revenue, so positive uh, book-to-bill. And also our service revenue is increasing uh, significantly faster than our capital revenue, which is exactly what we uh, want to happen. 
we look at our gross margin, we are notched down uh, in Q2 compared to the same quarter uh, last year. And uh, it's predominantly mining uh, that uh, suffers a little bit from a higher capital uh, share, as we have also uh, indicated in the beginning of the year, and also a little bit of Russia, a little bit of supply chain logistic cost sits in uh, this margin. Cement, uh, as Miko said, have uh, continued their uh, positive uh, traction. They have a healthy uh, service share. Uh, last year was a little bit of a, a bad comp, but they're moving forward on, uh, on uh, most of the initiatives and the reshaping initiatives we did last year is starting to, uh, to, uh, to show their uh, sustainable impact. If you look at our SGNA ratio, it's down a percentage point compared to the same quarter last year. In our SGNA sits a currency impact of 31 million. We have acquisition-related costs from TK sitting of 45 million. There's uh, Russia uh, wind-down activity sitting in this cost bucket. And also wage inflation starts to be visible and we are traveling uh, slightly more uh, in this quarter than we did uh, a year ago. If you look at the uh, EBITDA margin on uh, on consolidated basis, it, and it has improved from 4.8 to, to 6.1. And on the right-hand side, we are trying to uh, outline the most, most important drivers. So last year, we had a 4.8 EBITDA margin. Uh, we had TK cost last year and also a little bit of uh, other stuff we informed about. So an adjusted EBITDA margin last year of 6.8%. Then we are now uh, growing predominantly. The uh, revenue impact uh, is increasing margins. Uh, the, caps, uh, the, the, the higher capital share in, in mining is, is, is reducing our gross margin a bit. And adjusted for a few other things, uh, our underlying EBITDA margin is uh, 8%. Now, <clears throat> uh, deducting the, the TK uh, mining uh, integration planning costs and the Russia wind down cost, we end up at a reported EBITDA margin of 6.1%. Uh, Our working capital development uh, grows a percentage point from 8.2 to uh, 9.2 in second quarter of 22. Predominantly, this is driven by a buildup of uh, inventories that we uh, deliberately have, have uh, done. This has supported our regional sales uh, and our service business line significantly. Uh, especially in mining, but also uh, in cement. Then our receivables are up, uh, driven by higher revenue, and also we have started to spend the uh, prepayments uh, uh, that we received on the larger projects in Q4 last year. <clears throat> and that means that our cash flow for uh, the quarter is uh, negative. On the right-hand side, an EBITDA adjusted of 395, and uh, a negative uh, development in working capital brings us to a uh, cash flow from operations from the group of uh, 214 million TKK. Deducting uh, cash flow from investments uh, leaves us with a, a free cash flow of minus uh, 297 for uh, the quarter. And that means that our uh, capital structure targets are uh, roughly stable, uh, equity ratio uh, slightly up. Um, our NIPD position is still a positive cash position, and that's the last quarter. We're going to see that for a while as we will pay the acquisition sum to TK come uh, 1st of September here, 12, or 12 days from now. And as Miko uh, <coughs> indicated, we uh, are quite satisfied with the performance for the first half in mining, uh, a revenue of 6. Uh, 8 billion. A lot of this, or some of this, is uh, currency tailwind. And that means that uh, that leads us to adjust the revenue guidance for the remainder of the year from 12 to 13 uh, billion up to 13 to 14 billion uh, DKK. And this is predominantly uh, driven by uh, currency. And that also means that uh, it's due to currency and uh, we have. Uh, a bit more Russia cost, uh, wind down cost to come. And that means that we are maintaining our uh, EBITDA guidance of 8.5 to 9.5% and, and saying that we uh, expect to end up in the lower end of this range. So an unchanged guidance compared to uh, last quarter. 
For cement, <coughs> cement have done three billion in first half, and we expect them to do uh, maybe slightly less or similar in uh, second half, and that means we're maintaining our revenue guidance of 5.5 to 6.0 billion in turnover. But the, the traction, the underlying performance is cement uh, is good. Uh, service sales uh, uh, is, is healthy and execution has become uh, better and also the reshaping initiatives from last year is kicking in. So we are raising EBITDA guidance for the year from 1% to 2% up to uh, 2 to 3% uh, for 2022. On group level, that means that we are raising our revenue guidance for 7.5 to 19 billion to a revenue guidance of 18.5 and up to 20 billion. Uh, EBITDA margin of 6 to 7% remains unchanged as this, the, the lift in the cement uh, margin is not enough to, uh, to push the, uh, the group's combined EBITDA margin further up. So we are quite uh, satisfied with that. And then uh, a quick flash, as Miko mentioned, uh, we expect to get access to TK uh, uh, at midnight, uh, the 31st of August. And we will uh, do a quick uh, a webcast, a conference call at 8 o'clock, uh, 1st of September in the morning, where we will uh, inform uh, you guys of what we know. It will not be a lot, but we think uh, we will have information that is interesting. So uh, let's see how much we uh, have access to at that early point in time. Uh, and then we will inform the market uh, as we move forward from there, no later than uh, Q3 reporting in beginning of November of revised guidance uh, for uh, the combined uh, entity. And then uh, hopefully we'll reserve the day also on 18th of January where we expect to have a capital markets day where we will lay out more details uh, about our plans uh, strategically for uh, F.L. Smith and for mining business and for the cement business and also uh, do a bit more on uh, financial target setting and so on. And with that, I'll give it back to uh, Miko. Sustainability, uh, ESG, remains a cornerstone of the company and uh, happy to note that uh, safety uh, is at a good level and, and continue to, to be focused. Uh, uh, especially in our operations, uh, we have significant service and, and manufacturing operations, repair operations, and we want everybody to be safe there. So it's uh, that is at a good level today. Uh, also, improvement in in uh, in, in water. At the same time, uh, we are working with the many other aspects of, of ESG, and uh, and I know that we can do more about communicating what we've done. We've done. Uh, uh, living wage uh, corrections in the company. We've done gender pay cap uh, corrections in the company. And I know that uh, we, can com we should communicate maybe more what we are doing because we are doing a lot in, 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 the, in those areas. And, and uh, we will update this communication going forward and, and, uh, and, and uh, highlight kind of points of emphasis within ESG frame uh, uh, in the, in the coming, coming months and especially emphasis in, in uh, Capital Market Day. And now we go to the Q&A part, please. At this time, if you would like to ask a question, please press the star and one keys on your touchtone phone. Once again, that is star one to ask a question. And our first question comes from Will Turner with Goldman Sachs. Morning, everyone. Um, I've got a couple of questions. The first one is on the working capital development. Could you just give a little bit more color as to on, on the um, extra working capital consumption, in particular the higher um, work in progress assets? Are they concentrated in any one particular project, and um, do, does this have any um, thing to do with um, your Russian order deliveries? Um, and then, kind of related, well, related to this, how do you expect working capital to develop in the second half of the year? So I might actually just comment uh, exit from Russia and then uh, Roland will, will uh, talk about then, then the financial kind of aspects of that one. So, so our, our, our exit from Russia is progressing well. So 
We have much less than 50% of the start-of-the-year workforce still in Russia, and we are, we are migrating out fast. Uh, our backlog is down a lot uh, uh, two from 2.6 uh, uh, billion to 1.5 billion. So, and and uh, we recognized uh, 260 million uh, revenue from from Russia for the quarter. And and uh, the gap actually between uh, reduction in the backlog and then then. Uh, then uh, the revenue that recognized has to do also a lot to do that we've been scoping down and we've been scoping out uh, uh, content from our contracts. So basically talking to customers that uh, we, we have delivered small parts of the contract and say that uh, agreed actually with the customer that, that we would not deliver certain parts of the contract. So that's why the backlog has come down uh, way more than, than, uh, than actually the, the revenues what we recognize. But uh, Roland, maybe you can comment the, the other aspects of the, of, of the Russia. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. And if, if I understood the question correct, uh, work in progress, uh, what is, is that uh, impacted from, uh, from Russia? And, and, and it is to a certain extent, as uh, some of the stuff that we have not yet solved in the backlog sits partly in uh, work in progress. And it needs to, of course, be seen up against our, our prepayments received from, from the customers. So there are still some things to, to clear and work in progress in order for that to, to come somewhat down. And then in terms of uh, networking capital, I think all along we have guided that it should not uh, go much more up than uh, 10 to 11% of uh, revenue. Obviously, the more uh, currency can drive that up a bit more. And also, to the extent we succeed in pushing our service business line even further up revenue-wise, that is good news, and typically that will tie up a bit more uh, inventory and uh, potentially also receivables. Uh, but we don't expect that to come uh, much higher than 10, 10 to 11% of, uh, of revenue. Did I answer the question, William? Okay. Yeah, no, that, no that, that's clear. Um, and then on the um, aftermarket order intake, Organic basis. What's been the driver behind this, um, and how do you expect the organic um, aftermarket growth, particularly in mining, to develop um, throughout the remainder of the year, given the strong order intake um, in the recent quarters? So, if if you take out the uh, impact of of the forex, let's say ten ten percent, then you are left for the kind of a uh, 10, 10 per, uh, 30% uh, grow, underlying growth and uh, uh, it's driven actually by, by spare parts so the big inside the, the service so the mix inside the service you have a spare spares labor and then uh, then upgrades and, and the biggest growth actually has been in actual spare parts which of course from profitability point of view is good and we have not yet seen any slowdown in that one and, and uh, we have a weekly reporting that we follow the order intake for the for the for the spares, so that uh, we, we are uh, checking any signs of any slowdown, any softening of the order intake. But uh, uh, so far not. And uh, uh, then, of course, we can have a discussion about macroeconomics and and uh, what's going to happen next year. That's a little bit. But short term, we still uh, expect that the service. Uh, uh, spare parts order intake continues at a good level than then for, for, for this quarter. And of course, if we, if we see anything anything changing there, we would then in our next call indicate that one. But uh, in day-to-day -day operations, uh, no slowdown yet. And these, these spares that you're selling, they're, they're often held as, well, they can be held as inventory from your customers and, and miners. Do you have any idea of where their kind of inventory level of spares and parts are? Um, relative to a normal year, uh, we, we don't believe that inventory levels are going up at all for the for the mining companies. But what we see is that uh, it's a less just on time type of uh, orders. So miners have been more relaxed about that. If you need a spare part, they are anticipating uh, uh, slightly longer lead times. And if you anticipate slightly longer lead times and you are not financially pressed, it means that you might order it a month before, two months before that you otherwise would. So I don't believe that we've seen stocking of, 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 uh, of uh, 
of uh, customers at the sites, but what we've seen is that they are more relaxed, kind of because business has been good, they're running operations at full, they don't want to have any risk of, of missing a spare if there's a shutdown or, or kind of a small, small shutdown to, to change the parts, so they don't want to be missing any parts, so they'd be more relaxed ordering those, but we haven't seen really stocking. Uh, so two, they are more relaxed about ordering, and, and then they anticipate a little bit longer lead times, and therefore uh, we, we see really good auto intake. Okay, great. And then a final question for me. As we kind of look into the second half of the year and, and beyond, obviously miners have seen metal prices um, come down quite significantly since the beginning of the year. At the same time, um, some production costs have obviously um, increased a lot and also uh, um, CapEx costs um, will have increased just given the inflation uh, inflationary environment. Have you, have you seen any change in kind of... Um, decision-making activity, is there any more hesitation to invest or is it still a very strong market? Um, uh, on the OPEX side, no. As I said, OPEX is still, because they're running the plants at full, still demand is, uh, in many many cases, outstripping supply. So still on the kind of, uh, on the kind of operation side, is kind of full uh, capacity, not that they are restricting capacity, that would be 70 or 80% of the site capacity. So in that sense, that is supporting the service business and part business. But uh, we see maybe some uh, impact in the kind of longer term, smaller uh, kind of capital projects that uh, if you talk about uh, kind of small or mid-sized mining companies, of course, they are more dependent on, on, on kind of funding arrangements for any new investment. As, as the main miners, I think uh, they have access to capital. So... Uh, Maybe slight signs that there's a little bit more, more concern about uh, capital and cost of capital for funding. Funding Long-term business cases for most of the mining investments are still very good. But of course, if you are a smaller company, medium-sized mining company, then, then the cost of funding is, 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 is more of a concern uh, than for the uh, majors. Great. Thanks a lot. Our next question will come from Nick Housden with RBC Capital Markets. Yes, hi. Thanks for taking my questions. I have a couple of uh, maybe more strategic, uh, wider questions. Um, so the first one, um, you know, the, the uh, adjusted EBA margin in mining, um, you know, 10.5% looking, looking very solid. Uh, but if I look at the minerals business, of your main finish pair, the, the margin there is closer to 15%. And, yeah, you know, if you look at the two businesses, there's quite a lot of technological overlap. Uh, the operating models are fundamentally that different. So I'm just wondering, if we look out over, say, you know, a 10-year horizon, is there any reason why your mining margin can't be closer to that 15% mark? No, I think, of course, if, if you look at the... Uh, uh some of our, our peers uh, across uh, Finland and Sweden, uh, then you need to look a little bit inside the, the divisions, what, what the divisions that all business area co- compare against. And uh, but uh, but your question about that, uh, why shouldn't be at adjusted the EBITDA level uh, closer to some of our peers? I think I think we are closing the gap little by little, and I think uh, but strategically longer term. Uh, I think there should not be too much of a difference. Uh, inside the mix, there might be small differences, but, uh, but we, we, give a, we have a view where we can get in, in what kind of levels we can achieve in, 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 uh, in our businesses, and, and we will communicate that more clear than in Capital Market Day. But, but we, are, we, are, we have a firm view where we can get. Okay, great. Um, and then uh, you mentioned a couple of times in, in the presentation uh, about making cement a standalone business. C- can you maybe just explain what the rationale of this is? Because presumably, uh, if cement is more independent, then the synergies that exist with the mining business will be a bit more limited in the future. So, so, so the, the, uh, the, the plan is that uh, we have a pure play mining uh, uh, business, which is uh, the main part of the company. Then we would have a more pure play cement uh, business. And, and uh, what we are doing now, 
for, for the cement is that we are consolidating uh, cement operations in the second part of the year because it's too spread out for the size of the business and, and, uh, uh, and then, then making it more service-centric uh, rather than capital-centric where, where the business is coming from. But strategically, we haven't seen too many synergies when we had a combined management in the regions for cement and mining. We saw them still kind of uh, operating quite independently and, and we had a management layer there. And, and uh, of course, our aim is that it is and would be valuable asset for, for, for F.L. Smith. We need to get that uh, cement asset into a level and, and I believe that we can achieve that one. Because uh, many of you have done analysis and, and I think indicated that it's actually not not adding any value for, for F.L. Smith at the moment, and it might be actually quite the opposite. But, but uh, we, we, are, we have firm steps toward consolidating and then making it even more independent, and then we can address the underlying uh, issue what we have in cement, which is actually too heavy SCNA uh, structure for the size of the company. It is because it's, uh, it can be a good medium-sized business, but uh, then, of course, uh, the operations need to re- reflect that one and then do the service tra- tra- transformation. But uh, uh, we see them um, more going even more standalone than today. So we started the journey. So end of the journey, uh, you might see the kind of uh, pure play cement business uh, 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 even more than today. Understood. Thanks. And, and then just quickly on the uh, ThyssenKrupp assets that you're acquiring, uh, can you might remind us what the Russian exposure of uh, the, those assets are? I think I remember from the presentation slide that it's not that high, uh, but just some color there would be helpful. Yeah, so, so uh, we, we are not really privileged to, to that information, but I, I, uh, I hope to hear from you at the 1st of September at 8 o'clock, then we will see if we can disclose this, this information. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Our next question will come from Tommy Raylo with DNV. Yes, good morning. It's uh, Tommy from DNV. Uh, first question is uh, uh, the currency impact on EBITDA. Are you able to provide that? Uh, so, so the the currency impact on EBITDA is, is relatively limited. Hence, also why we are lifting top line due predominantly due to to FX, and that's because we have a, a significant dollar exposure, but we also have a relatively large uh, presence in uh, in uh, US, similarly in Chile and, and South Africa and, and Australia for that matter. So, so the uh, there's a sort of a a natural hitch, you can say, on in terms of uh, uh, currency exposure. Yeah, uh, as you mentioned, the, the revenue impact, but uh, assumably it has also been supporting the EBITDA, but you are not, uh, in a way, uh, able to comment any, any numbers. No, they, they, it's, it's, a, it's limited. Yeah. That's what we'll okay. say, yeah. Uh, uh, second question is uh, on, on Russia. Uh, are you able to provide a guidance of costs uh, winding down the operations uh, for the full year? In other words, uh, second half. Yeah. So, so our intention is to exit uh, Russia fully. Uh, up until date, we have uh, we have reduced our organization in Russia by almost half. We continue those uh, efforts, and then we're working hard. In, uh, in finding a solution to the 1.5 billion left in, uh, in the backlog. So the intention is to exit Russia fully, uh, full and finally by, by end of the year, and by the same token also have a solution to, uh, to the contractual obligations in the backlog. And that will come with uh, some sort of cost. We don't expect that to be excessive, but that's also why we're saying our guidance will be in the low end of the, uh, the mining range. Thank you. Our next question will come from Christian Johansson with SEB. Yes, thank you. I have uh, two questions, please. So first question is on your slide eight and the backlog uh, complexity. Uh, obviously appreciate the, uh, the, the detail here. So just looking at, at your backlog at the end of Q2, it looks like, say, roughly 30%. Uh, is is what you uh, characterize as, as high complexity. So, first of all, could you uh, elaborate on 
what proportion of the high complexity backlog will be recognized as revenue this year, and also how much of your first half order intake has been high complexity orders. So, so just kind of a maybe a little bit more strategic note, and then then Roland can comment the, the actual. So. We are setting quotas for the for the revenue that that for the different categories, so that we have a quota for uh, scope five, for example, which is risk riskiest uh, part of the business, and then scope four. So we we, we always in turn look at that. Uh, you cannot exceed that quota, and and uh, so basically we stop taking orders for that category. Uh, if, if we hit the quota, and, and uh, therefore it, uh, it doesn't pollute the, the backlog uh, to excessive risk at any given po- uh, point of time. And, and uh, of course, we anticipate we are looking at sales funnel and, and we encourage sales organizations to discope and de risk because then you can avoid that quota. So we built a kind of, in, in, kind of inbuilt incentive for, for, for sales organizations to avoid coming to this quota and, and risk review. And I think uh, maybe around you can comment the actual uh, num- uh, numbers a bit. Yeah. So, so, so as you know, we, we have talked a bit about this separately also, Christian. Right? We we uh, we we are moving from uh, from driving the business uh, with focus on volume, and a lot more with focus on quality of earnings. And that means that uh, larger, bigger capital projects with relatively low margin and higher risk. We simply, we simply don't want, uh, we are, at least we only want a, a certain limit of it. So <clears throat> if that has been, I'm just saying these numbers as an example, 20 or 25% of our intake, that, was not, that will now come considerably lower in our intake. And we have, we have started this decisively Q4, Q1. And that means that the order intake from, from, from that point in time is expected to develop uh, as we as we are trying to uh, to illustrate here. So we're not. I'm not going to put numbers on this, and I know there's a lim- there's a, a danger of showing a graph like this because uh, then you will ask about numbers. What's important here is that we we will be truthful to uh, what we internally call value over volume, i.e., quality of earnings. So so there will not be a large lumpy, relatively low margin projects with, with relatively high risk taken in going forward. And that's what we're illustrating here in a, in a bit more committing way. And, and reaction from the customers has been quite positive because uh, uh, if you think about C part, uh, if we would do kind of, e, we, we haven't done EPC for now for, for two years at all in, in, in mining, so nothing at all. But uh, it's not benefit of the customer that we would actually take that scope because then we would subcontract it and add margin on margin. So customers do understand this better that uh, we focus on the kind of process technology and, 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 and technology part can do the pro, uh, kind of performance guarantee for that. But it's not customer's benefit that we start to vent outside that one because we would contract that out contract that out, add margin on margin. So it's, it's nobody's interest that we do it. And, and uh, customers and, and uh, EPCMs who we see as our partners are actually quite happy about this approach. So, uh, of course, maybe losing a little bit of top line, but, but the, all in all, the customer response and response from EPCM, EPCMs who are typically important in, in capital business has been positive. Understood. Maybe just to follow up and, and ask in a slightly different way. So the proportion of your backlog, which is uh, highlighted as preferred or low risk uh, or low complexity, is that expected to continue to grow then in the coming quarters? Uh, when do you think you will be at the right balance in your backlog? Uh, I think we are still executing. I think the backlog, uh, the new backlog is actually start to be the kind of right mix, but we still have a challenge of executing all the backlog, which is not that we would like to have. But of course, you need to flush that through the books. And, and then, then, then you have a kind of, so for the new order intake, recent order intake, we are happy with the quality, but we still have an issue with the, because the, the uh, kind of a, from contract to actually revenue in, in major capital business, it, it's uh, often two years, basically one to three years, so it, it takes time. And of course, we, then we plug in 
TK exactly to the same model. The day we, we get access to the TK numbers, we are resetting. That's why we don't communicate in clear manner what is our target. We have an internal target, but then, of course, we are resetting the, the targets uh, based on what we get in from TK. So we put all the TK backlog into these five categories, see where we are, and then we decide where we want to go. Understood. Uh, looking forward to, to hearing more about that. Uh, my second question, just reading your commentary on the cement market, it almost sounds like these rising energy prices is a net positive for cement demand as forces cement customers to do uh, productivity improvement. Is is that correctly understood, or how would you in general say the, the rising energy prices uh, expected to hit cement demand? So, so I think uh, uh, if I look at the cement market globally, there are not many new plants, there are not many much capex in the market. But if you still look at our books, it's uh, almost half is capital. It means that uh, we are more capital-oriented in cement than the cement market. And of course, we should look like a market. If it's a service market, cement market, we should look more service. So, so. So uh, I think the, how the market is today is not necessarily how, how, how we look like, and that's why I set about transition to be more service-centric, because then we look like a market, we act like a market, because it's, it's really a service, service market in, in many, many respects. There's some capital, so, so in relative terms, we want to grow service faster than capital and be very selective in, in capital. And, and uh, also then, uh, then uh, it's quite spread out, uh, as I said earlier, uh, to so many countries, our operations, and, and, and the volume of the business is still limited, meaning it's like a good medium-sized company, and, and of course we need to make it look like a good medium-sized company, which is uh, service and, and, and uh, part-centric rather than uh, project and, and engineering-centric. So, uh, But I believe that, that the market is... Uh, what we what we look at the cement market order intake, we actually getting better margins for new order intake compared to year ago. So the capital order intake, service order intake, both have a higher product margin in order intake than a year ago. So it's uh, we are able to provide premium service to our customers, and the customers are willing to pay premium. So which is good sign for the for the for the cement. I guess my question was equally focused on demand you have seen in Q3. Now that that we are seeing energy prices skyrocket, is, is cement demand slowing down, or is that not the case? We see small signs of that one, but my expectation is that we see a decline next year, because if you think about Im- impact of the inflation to infrastructure build, if the if the if the infrastructure cost build cost goes up a lot, typically it will dampen the demand. And then, of course, if we go into downturn recession next year, then governments try to boost a bit of infrastructure to build. But whether, whether that's enough to compensate uh, the, the kind of slow demand in, in, the kind of, in the other sector, we don't know. But my expectation is that uh, cement will see slowdown uh, next year. And we are getting ready for that one. That's very clear. Uh, thank you so much. That was my questions. Our next question will come from Klaus Almer with Nordia. Thank you. Yeah, just a clarification question first. When we talked about the FX impact, is the minimum impact on EPDA, is that on the margin or on the absolute EPDA? That would be just for, for clarification. Margin, on the margin. I thought so. Okay. Good. Uh, coming back to the underlying 10.5% uh, EBIT margin within mining, I guess you are still running behind on passing through the cost inflation. How much uh, does this dilute your margin? That would be uh, the first question. Nothing at all is the answer. So, so uh, what I've seen actually in the new order intake that uh, we've been able to do inflation plus price increases so we have some other operational challenges, of course, exiting Russia and that type of things. But if I, if I, if I 
if I put the one-offs aside, integration planning cost and Russo, Russo exit cost, uh, and underlying order intake and order intake uh, product margin, which is, uh, which is of course, uh, the product cost and, and then the sale price. So that is going up both in, in, in service and capital, means that we are, we've been able to compensate uh, the, the inflation in the, in the material cost and labor cost play, base. Of course, it has an impact on our SGNA uh, and, and other items, but if I look at clean product cost, uh, capital product, service product, there we haven't seen inflation, but it's of course overall inflation a bit for the, for the company. Okay, that makes sense. Then the second question goes to the cement division. Uh, I think, as you also have mentioned, I've also been you know, uh, mentioning in the report, is that energy efficiency is a main driver for the order intake. But I guess you're still early in that journey. So how much more potential do you see uh, from, 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 from that aspect? We actually will use also the capital market day to have a longer-term vision for the volumes of, of cement. So, but I believe that we need to do the transformation in our own operation first to take full advantage of the, of the green cement market. And uh, because we cannot wait and, and grow out of our challenge today. So what we do is that we transform the, the, the operations to be more product product and service-centric rather than project. And, and uh, of course, product is both IP and, and competitive technology. So, so we believe that we need to do transformation first and then uh, capture the growth second. And, and uh, because uh, we can influence the, the green cement market a bit, but, but, uh, uh, but we cannot fully impact the timing. And, and uh, also for the green cement market, we don't know how the downturn will play out. Are the governments uh, less ambitious for their ambi- uh, kind of a CO2 targets? Are they more relaxed if there's a downturn? It tends to have a bad impact on the, on the decision makers and politicians uh, regarding environment if there's a downturn. It seems that often they, they look at the employment, look at uh, other things first and then uh, delay difficult decisions regarding uh, emissions be, uh, kind of uh, push it out maybe a year or two years. So uh, we, we don't actually know how the, how the downturn will play out and impact of that one for the kind of uh, when the green cement will take off. But, uh, but we, are, we, are, we are getting our operations ready, become more service-centric and then looking at valuable IP and technology what we have in-house and, and build on that one rather than uh, kind of projects. Sure. So, uh, so yeah, I, I agree on this green cement is probably more into the future, but it was more about the, the order intake this year. How much of that is actually driven by CO2 emission concerns or reductions and, and also reducing the use of electricity? Is that 10, 50 or what share of your, of your order intake is actually driven by these bigger trends? So, of course, most of the most of the cement producers are looking at uh, energy because, of course, uh, that has become super expensive over the course of the year because of the war in, in, in Ukraine. So that is, of course, uh, driving the decision making, not only for, for sake of environment, but it's for sake of money. So in that sense, energy cost uh, peak is, is putting really producers under pressure, whatever they can do, do to kind of reduce and make it more efficient, is driving both financial agenda, what they have, and necessity, and then green agenda. So in that sense, sometimes the shock can be good for the, trans, uh, for the green transition because they sometimes go hand in hand. And in this, this case, it, it does because the skyrocketing energy prices are putting semiproducers producers under, under pressure. Okay, thanks. Our next question will come from Lars Topholm with Carnegie. Uh, yes, first, congrats with uh, a very strong quarter. Uh, impressive. I, I do have a couple of, of questions. Uh, the first one goes to slide 14 on SGNA costs. So if I net out uh, the one-offs in Russia, uh, the one-offs for TK, and the FX, uh, you're only up by 5 million DKK, which is almost nothing. 
Uh, I, I just wonder in that context, what should I put into uh, models going forward? Uh, what, what, what is sort of a reasonable assumption for underlying uh, run rate? Uh, then a second question. Uh, in your comments to cement and the guidance you said, uh, you assume slightly less revenue in H2 than produced in H1. I just wonder why, since your order backlog in cement by the end of Q2 is actually the highest since Q3-19, and presumably you have some FX tailwind compared to Q1. And then a final question uh, in relation to Christian's question before on your new sort of risk profile. I just wonder how we should think about the net effect of this. Uh, of course, I understand that if you take fewer risky projects, everything else equal, that will be revenue negative. Uh, and then, of course, margin uh, accretive. But uh, I also assume if you give up some projects, there's possibly a scope for taking out some overhead costs as well. So this whole exercise, I understand less risk, better margin. But in terms of total earnings, what kind of impact should we assume? Will this be uh, dilutive for absolute earnings or accretive? Or how do we think about it? Thank you. Uh, uh, Lars, I might take a couple of first points and then handing over to Roland. So so, so regarding uh, the SCNA, that will be then, of course, impacted by, by, by two main factors. One is the Synergy plan what we have for combined uh, TKFLS entity. So synergy plan, what we have, and of course that will address the SCNA, which is kind of, uh, then you get TK numbers uh, on, on uh, September, some headlines September 1st, but then, then of course when we are combining, we are taking out SCNA cost because there's overlaps uh, in, in many areas. Secondly, we, we are looking at consolidation of, of uh, uh, operations into fewer locations in cement, which allow again us to take out the SGNA because the, we have a bigger issue of SGNA burden in cement than in mining. In mining, it's uh, that we have a cost target for, for integration, and in cement, it's more about consolidating the operations into fewer locations so that we are not so spread out. Uh, and then, then uh, other question that you ask about the impact of the risk to the top line and... Uh, there are kind of areas that, that, uh, that, uh, that uh, because we have uh, uh, three uh, uh, business lines, service, it doesn't really have an impact on that one. Then we have products, which is more, more standardized products, less engineering. And it means that in products often are delivered to a, a mining customer. We can do bundle of products that they buy multiple different products and we give a process guarantee if we don't go beyond that, it doesn't have an impact on the volume. But then we have a third uh, business line, which is systems. And there it will have a more impact on the volume. Systems is uh, um, material handling, mining systems, stacker, stackers, reclaimers, stacker reclaimers, ship loaders, ship unloaders. So that, that is a bit where it will have an uh, impact. And also today we are reducing more quotation orders in that area because... That part of the business is, is uh, 30% engineering and 70% steel, if I oversimplify. So there is less, standard, less standardized products uh, and, and uh, more, more engineering. And there we, we, of course, look at the, the risk profile for that, uh, that systems business line is where it will have an impact. But, uh, but we are already, we've been already limiting order intake and cases there quite a bit this year. So we've been no bidding We've been not taking some contracts there, and yet we are growing. So it, it's, uh, that, that has to do with the mix. <clears throat> yeah, so maybe zooming in a little bit on the numbers with that note. Uh, will, will this... Sorry, Lars, go ahead. Yeah, if, if I can just follow up on that. So, so uh, I understand that the things you used to do, which you won't do. The question is more, will we see a slightly smaller F.L. Smith with higher absolute earnings or slightly smaller F.L. Smith with slightly lower absolute earnings. And of course here, without uh, taking TK mining into account, uh, I'm just asking about the net effect from this whole exercise. If you 
uh, what should say, become less risky, but that the sacrifices lower absolute earnings, and that's not clear to me. So, so thank thank you for that, Lars. And and I know exactly what you're asking for. You're not you're not going to get exact numbers, but what we what we want and what we're going to do is we're going to focus on quality of earnings, and that is we're going to focus on getting our percentage margin up. And that means, as Miko is explaining, that means we won't take large projects in wide scopes with semi-empty revenue. So, so you will see a, an F.L. Smith that will most likely grow slower on top line, but improve the percentage margin. And that means that over time our earnings will increase, but our percentages will go up. So, 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 so that's 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 the reflection to that. The raw, the raw exercise, you, you do sacrifice some, some incremental earnings before you start growing. That's correctly understood, that, right? That's that's correctly understood. The reason why we're doing that is because we think that marginally has not benefited us anything. So that's why we're doing it. But that's that's correct. I, I, I completely buy into the the strategy. I think it's brilliant. I just want to understand what it means to, to numbers, but, but now, now I understand. Thanks. Good. And then just a brief comment on your SG&E. Actually, uh, actually uh, the run rate in Q2 is, is probably relatively reflective of, of where we are currently. But as Miko then add, we will do a few adjustments also in our existing business, especially in the cement business, but also in our mining business once TK comes in. So for now, if you want a run rate on, on our existing base business, i would use uh, the SGNA here, and then you need to think about uh, what you think about the currency, the US dollar, and maybe the inflation rate you will put on top of this one. So adjust for the one-offs, and then uh, progress it from there. That's very clear. And then, then the final question on, on cement and why sales should be lower in H2 when the backlog is higher and the currencies are more favorable. Yeah. Let, let's see, Lars, where we end up. We are also pruning the portfolio a little bit in, in cement, and uh, let's, let's see where we end up. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's perfect. Thanks, guys, for answering my question. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Our next question will come from Vlad Sharevsky with Bank of America. Gentlemen, good morning, and thank you for taking my questions, and congratulations on the progress you're making. A few ones from me. I would like to start with the just debit margin of 10.5% in mining, which you are highlighting. I just want to be absolutely uh, clear how you treat Russia within this 10.5%. I understand you are taking out 50 million of one-off costs. Do you still treat gross margin on the revenue in Russia, which you made last quarter as recurring? In other words, the question is how consistent to still record gross margin in Russia and yet to take out costs because you're winding down this operation. That's the first one. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure what you're, what you're talking about, but, but what we will do as we move forward, we will work on uh, unwinding the backlog. That will come with some, uh, some legal costs. And... Uh, Regarding our organization in Russia, that will come with very little restructuring costs. We are not many people there. We are less than 50 left and a few offices. So they will sort of be, they will be shut down and, and, and redundancy packages will be paid out and so on. So that will not be a, a large number. The, the, the question is, what will the cost of unwinding the backlog be in terms of compensation, in terms of legal fees and so on, if, if, that, is, uh, if that is required? There's very little left in terms of receivables, inventories to be written off, and so on. And so just, just to clarify this thing, uh, you recorded uh, 250 million roughly of Russian revenues in Q2. Was there any gross profit in the P&L which was related to those revenues? That, that basically was my, what my first question was. Yeah, that, that is, that's a good question, and we're not uh, disclosing that. It's a relatively low gross margin because it's a large, ca it's larger capital projects, and then there's, uh, then there's costs associated with, uh, with winding it down, regrouping, relocating, and so on. So there has been very little gross margin, and then we have had the uh, SGNA costs on top. 
Understood. Uh, and if I could, you already mentioned the, uh, some limited asset exposure. Would you be able to give us some uh, idea of what currently your gross asset exposure to Russia is, including work in progress, including uh, receivables, etc.? Uh, to Russia, no, that we're not uh, disclosing. But there will be very little revenue from Russia moving forward. Very little. Revenue has gone down in Q2, will continue to go down, and then hopefully we are completely uh, done uh, once we are uh, coming out of the year. Understood. And the last one from me, if I may, uh, related to a follow-up on uh, one of the prior questions. I mean, you are indeed uh, delivering an impressive aftermarket of services growth in mining of like 30% plus. And you are saying it's driven by spare parts. So presumably spare parts are growing more than 40% plus year over year. I'm just keen to hear your thoughts. What's really driving this growth, right? Because the install base probably not changing by very much. Uh, and the uh, intensity of how this install base is run probably not changing very much either, particularly in the environment when most of the miners are actually disappointing, disappointing on their production rate. So keen to hear your thoughts on what's behind this very impressive growth. In so so, so, so I, I might take that one because, uh, as you said, it's, uh, I said earlier that uh, within that significant service growth, let's say for uh, removing the FX impact, uh, 30% order intake growth, and and then higher growth in spare parts compared to the rest of the service, service kind of portfolio. Uh, the customers are still running uh, at the full rates of production, uh, so, and, and uh, they're still behaving in the way that they're concerned about uh, supply chain and lead times. And lead times are a bit longer than before, but we've been managing that. So it's just that uh, because the, they're still running f uh, kind, of, kind of machines red hot, they don't want to have any, any kind of uh, mistakes uh, during shutdown that you are missing part. They order things in early and anticipate small delays in, uh, uh, in, the, in the lead time. So we, our on-time delivery is good, but, but uh, thinking of customers is that there's still some uh, risks in the logistics chain. So they order earlier. Uh, and also they are quite, still quite relaxed about... Uh, uh, spending money on OPEX uh, supporting operations, so meaning that they don't have a, uh, a squeeze on the OPEX expenditure as of today. So that's what we've seen. As you said, if you think about uh, install base, uh, incremental increase after is, 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 uh, is very little impact. Uh, it's old install base which is feeding, feeding the service business, uh, and uh, any new install base is, is marginal impact. So but, but we see that behavior still continuing for a while. We haven't seen any tightening of, of, of OPEX spending uh, on, on mining sites and by the operators. That's great. Thank you very much. And very best of luck with decent group integration. Thanks very much. Cheers. Once again, that is star one to ask a question. Our next question will come from Josh Keith with Nicolette. Josh, your line is open. Sorry, was it me that you uh, opened up for? Yes. Ah, excellent. Okay, sorry, I didn't hear that. Um, yes, hello, uh, Klaus King from uh, from Nucredit. Uh, first, a uh, fairly simple clarification question related to the uh, service order intake in, in mining. Um, you have stated that you don't see any any meaningful uh, slowdown here in Q3, and you have talked about the um, effects that you are seeing, etc., etc. I just wanted to, one clarification question. Do you have any large uh, product orders here in, in, in Q2, or is it is it fair to see this as a normalized level? That would be my first question. It's a normalized level, so there's nothing out of ordinary in, in the book. So, uh. Okay, okay, excellent. Uh, yeah, fairly strong, uh, I, I have to say. To your and note about, then, uh, we haven't seen slowdown yet, but, but uh, if we see recession next year, 
it will also impact uh, the 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 demand for the for the for the kind of commodities and then then somewhat to the mining operations so uh, we we are, we are kind of aware that it may it may slow down but as of today we get weekly reports for order intake uh, what we follow and it's a good pulse for the market so not not strong signs of one of a slow, slowing down yet yes I, I, I truly understand that. And then uh, my second question is uh, related to the market conditions in mining for equipment. We haven't talked uh, that much about that. Um, you have any comments for that? Uh, yeah, comments about your dialogues with customers here for for the second half. Uh, yeah, any 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 thoughts about that? So uh, it, it is quite evident now that the the kind of. Uh, uh, the finance cost will go up for the small, small operators as interest rates are going up, and then of course uh, the kind of whack what is used in in calculations. So uh, uh, there's some concern about that one, but uh, but we haven't seen any uh, big decisions to delay things. Uh, typically, the, if I look at sales funnel, it's difficult to predict because it's very slow how they are progressing. Uh, for kind of planning defense phases approval for capex raising funds getting authorities approval so it's kind of it's very slow moving process and there's very little you can see impact short term but uh, but uh, what i've seen is uh, maybe for smaller companies a bit of concern about funding and funding now that if there's a downturn that they i think uh, we might see the impact but uh, we haven't really seen uh, any big slowdown in the capital markets. And, and, and uh, of course, as Russell is going down, we see activity in, in Central Asia going up. Uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, and mining companies in Kazakhstan and a few other places expediting uh, things rather than slowing down because anticipation of, of loss, le- less volume in, in Russia. Okay, great. And then uh, finally, a uh, pretty boring uh, question for, for Roland. Uh, could you uh, talk a little bit about the uh, development in your amortization? Because they keep uh, going down. And, and, and whether the, um, uh, the level that we see in, in Q2 is, is uh, yeah, what we should expect for the second half of the year. And, yeah, of course, excluding uh, TK mining. Yeah, that was that was indeed a boring question, but but the uh, but the amortization, the amortization is uh, is running off as you say. This is a this is a mix of uh, acquisitions that has been done over the past five and eight years, so they will be running off, and then we will, uh, as you say, uh, uh, add, add add a lot of new ones once uh, the TK guys comes in. So the excess, existing level will run off over the next couple of years. So they are approaching, or they will run down to to zero, or what? Not, 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 not zero, not zero. But they're running off. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. At this time, we have no further questions in the queue. Okay, hey, I'd like to thank you for your time and questions. And, and uh, for me, Roland, it has been an exciting quarter. We are very pleased about progress, what we, are, what we are making. It's not only quarter, but we want to see underlying progress for the kind of strategic focus what we have for the profitability, and especially for the capital business, it will take time. But, uh, but we are very pleased for the result and, and uh, hope to meet you all soon again. Thanks for your time.